you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. You guys, I'm here with Jade, aka Jade's Wild Party. I love your username. I want you to get into how you picked it, but Jade is a content creator, influencer, superstar, model, boss babe, whatever word you want to use. She's all of those. And we're also friends. And I'm so excited that you're here to just jump into your story and talk all things content creation. And we'll probably get into a bunch of different avenues as well. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm so glad you love Jade's Wild Party. It literally started when I was in middle school and I thought I was the coolest girl ever to name my Instagram that and it's stuck ever since. So you chose that before you even knew that you were going to like influence or do anything like that? I did choose that, but like, we have to remember, I was like deep in Tumblr era. Like I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know I was going to do that, but I was like obsessed with like Tumblr girls. So like, I wanted to be that. And I was posting things like editing with Visco in like middle school. (laughs) Like I was taking those like infinity like getting henna tattoo infinity stuff on me and like (laughs) taking those photos so like I didn't know but Loki if you saw my Instagram when Jade's Wild's party started you would be like yeah I'm not surprised you know how in like middle school and high school they vote like most likely to be famous like most likely to like do like TV or whatever like I was always voted that I was actually such a nerd and like low-key loser and like I wish that my parents would have told me when I was younger like this doesn't matter like none of this matters because I was totally not cool but I think because I was in like all the theater productions I was like a theater nerd like my first email which would I guess would be like my first username but like my first email was theater nerd 321 at yahoo.com like I was so in that space that I think people just voted me like oh yeah like she performs that will that will work out you knew (laughs) you knew what you were you knew what you were I know that you didn't grow up in LA so I would love to just hear like about growing up and how you ended up in LA and influencing full-time yeah so I grew up in Boise Idaho and my parents have been split up since I was like four and they met in LA they were born and raised in LA but they happened to move there um, and just like settled down and so when they separated I started visiting my dad every summer and for holidays and things like that so I just grew up coming to LA kind of knowing I was always going to move here Um, And then in high school, I ended up switching to online school in high school. And my last year, I was just like working in a restaurant, like saving money. And then I also was kind of like in a bad relationship. It's like so cringy to say that. No, because you're so young. Yeah, like it was just, it was just a bad relationship. Like it's like that cringy, like young thing where you're like, oh, I'm gonna try to make it work with this like, douche of a person um we've all been there it's so stupid um and so I kind of knew I was gonna move to LA and so my way to like break up with him was like moving to LA so I just like packed up my little Ford Focus at the time and came and lived with my dad for a couple months and then I started working in a restaurant literally did not know what I was gonna do when I moved to LA 
having that shitty relationship, it was super, it was just like that push. Be like, I need a fresh start. I need a change. So that was like the, just the change that I needed. And I, since I was young, I was like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You're like, I got this, whatever. I feel like you kind of have to be like that to even survive in this space. We'll obviously get into that more as you tell your story. But at this point, like you're moving, you moved to LA, you didn't go to college, right? This is like right out of high school and you just went straight into the restaurant industry to just start making money. Honestly, fully embodying like Delulu energy, like now in 2024, (laughs) it's like such a thing. But like then it was like, is she good? Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just went, I just started working at a restaurant because I just needed money. I needed to meet people. Um, And then I ended up meeting my boyfriend and we're still together seven years almost. He's five years older than me. And so I think like being in his group and seeing people who were out of college and going into their like adult jobs, I was like, oh, I need to figure this out, even though I was like young. So I started working in retail and I moved up to like assistant manager at Wild Fox. Um, and then I got like a, an internship at 12th Tribe. And then after 12th Tribe, I got an internship at American Threads doing like social media. I was like styling outfits and creating content. And this was before like UGC content was really booming. Yeah, and so I was TikTok before everything. I remember the day we posted on TikTok for American Threads. It, it was, it's just wild. Wow. But um, I kind of just loved it and ended up switching to buy Rosie Jane. And I was like their marketing manager, but it was a very tiny team. And I ended up getting laid off in COVID. And then I was like, you know what? I created influencer programs for brands. I've dealt with influencers. Like I'm going to be Delulu and do it myself. Which wasn't delusional at all because looking at it now, it seemed like you were supposed to be the influencer the entire time. Were you always into like fashion and styling or do you think just like moving to LA and like getting involved with these companies allowed you to form your own style? I think I've always been into it. Like I even remember being in like kindergarten and my mom putting together an outfit for me and I was like, no, I'm not going to school if it's like that because it doesn't match the way I want it. And like, I remember picking out my outfits in middle school, like the night before, like doing the whole thing. And for a while in high school, I was like, I'm only going to wear heels to school straight up. Like, Oh my gosh. I love that. I came to eat, honestly. So unapologetic. <laughs> yeah. It was like, now I'm, I look back and I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, so I think I always knew that I had like an eye for style and creating. So you lose your job, panicked, yeah. or are you like, eh, I'm just going to pave my own way? I didn't have like pay, pay my own way energy, but I wasn't panicked because I hated the job. Okay, So yeah. I like drove into work that day, literally knowing that I was like, I, I really wanted to quit and my job and my boss was being kind of hard to work with and so we kind of like mutually were like this isn't working out for us so she like purposely laid me off so I could get like severance and I could get unemployment in COVID I think I just took a few days and I was like you know what everyone is just doing so well on social media right now like everyone's getting free clothes and I'm now not making any money I want to get some free clothes like I don't know I I 
I just can't remember. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I remember when I graduated college and like I had planned on going to law school, like completely different, but I was always into fashion, always into style. And I felt like there was a need for some authenticity online. So this was like before people were like being real online. Like it was mostly like models like that were like the influencer people. And so I felt like a calling to do it. And even though it was like anxiety inducing, obviously, because like it was this like Delulu energy that you're talking about where I was just kind of like, I don't know why I feel so strongly that I can do this, but I do. And it's like, I'm anxious just because it's like scary and not because it doesn't feel right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you were also giving Elle Woods energy. You were oh. just destined for something else. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. You started creating content. How long yeah. did it take you to like figure it out? I know you had been doing social, so I think you had that time to like prep how to be successful online, but you obviously have this huge community now. You have over 100,000 followers on both platforms now. You've created this really big community of value. And I've talked a lot on the podcast about how there's a difference between 100,000 followers who care about your life versus 500,000 who don't give a fuck. So Mm -hmm. where was the switch and where did you figure it out? And like, how did you start making money essentially? It took me three months to get my first paid partnership. Which is insane. Which is fast. And it was with French Connection. Aww. And they they paid me $400, which is great. I had like under 10K, I think. I knew I was doing it. And I was acting to Lulu. I was talking on my stories. <laughs> I was doing all the things. And then someone wanted to pay me. And I think someone wanted a small micro creator that was good at creating content. And they, that would fit in their budget. Because, you know, like we yeah. get big. we get We have rates, you know. And so, you know, you're not going unnoticed. And I think they just saw someone who could deliver what they needed with the budget. And I was like, okay, I think, I think that we're like on a, on the right path. And then I think over the years, it's just honestly to create a community, it's just redefining that constantly, like looking at what people are liking, like looking at your insights and being really open too. Yeah. I think that you do a really good job at like flowing with what works with your community. Like you can tell that like you care about presenting authentically. I think it's something that we connected on very early on. Like I think it's obvious you care about like being who you are and not exactly following every single trend that pops up, but you also do a really good job of like ebbing and flowing with like what people are liking and then you lean into it. You're very strategical and it's something I look up to you for because I feel like a lot of people in the industry don't necessarily do that like we do. And I think that a huge part of being a creator and like actually wanting to do it, not just to be famous, but like doing it as your job is treating it like it's a business and strategically like reevaluating what is the community liking and like participating in this long game, which is required in building a community that cares about you. Cause it takes a long time for people to get to know you, especially through a screen. Oh, for sure. And I feel like I have to like redefine that every day, but I also, because of having corporate jobs, like that taught me a lot about work ethic and strategy and how to like look at the insights and look at what your community wants. I love following the trends and I love keeping up with that because I know people love that, but it is so easy to get lost in the sauce with it. Totally. I think 
being able to look at trends and look at what your friends and your followers and other creators are creating and test out the trend, see how you liked it and how you can, you know, relate it back to your own style and see if people liked it and stick with it. And if it you didn't like it or it didn't feel authentic, like move on, you know? Totally. Um, and I feel like creators kind of just get stuck in this needs to be the trend. This is what people are liking. And it feels fake and yeah. forced. Well, you have to be able to evolve. The biggest example of this was when we were all doing this like already as our job and TikTok came out. And a ton of people were like super stubborn to jump on. I honestly wish I would have jumped on sooner. I wish I would have jumped on when it was musically. <laughs> imagine, imagine where we would be. <laughs> I know, seriously. And I think it was because of this lack of like openness I was having to like, I was intimidated to start a new platform. And I wish I would have just jumped on and started testing shit because if you don't evolve in this industry, like there's a balance, right? Like sticking to your truth, like not being somebody else, like sticking out in the industry, being your authentic self, but you have to be able to evolve with the platforms, evolve with the style of content while remaining you. And and that's like a tough balance and, and it does take effort and time. But I think what happens is a lot of people get sucked into just like repeating the same thing and it doesn't do well. And they wonder why people get sick and tired of repetition in that way, but they still want to see who you are and get the same version of you. So how do you like personally like balance that? I wish I had like a really solid answer. Um, because I feel like I am constantly going through a cycle of feeling a little bit lost, feeling like I'm doing well. Oh no, like something's not doing well. Why did it happen? And I have to test things out. And I think the way that I kind of refresh and just keep going is I don't look at, like I look at it like a business, but at the end of the day, I don't have like a, a business where I'm selling a physical product like you know, that I need to stick on this, this hardcore branding. So I feel like sometimes I have the freedom to throw it out the wall, see what sticks. And I feel like people like, like that, like to see something a little different, you're experimenting, you're, and you know, if it didn't work, like, cool, like, we can't wait to for you to get back to what you were doing. And I don't know, I feel like people just relate to it when it doesn't feel so repetition all the time it's like a balance between staying consistent but like repeatedly showing up as you but not with the same Mm -hmm. stuff over and over and over again and I think there was this switch on your content because I've been following you for a while and I think like the moment you started treating TikTok like a vlog like mixed in with your normal like styling content and beauty content was the moment that you like took off And I know that you were already like doing well on TikTok, but I will never forget you and Nico's trip, you like your trip to Mexico with Nico and you took mushroom chocolate or mushrooms and you posted about your trip and it like popped off. It's crazy. And like, I don't know, there was a switch because I was like, listen, like, I feel like I, I don't want to say like, I have more to offer than others, but I feel like. I feel personally that I have more to offer and I don't know what, what it is. And I know that I can be funny and I know I do funny things in my life that I I don't post online because I'm so curated. 
that I just need to get it out there. And so I throw things out the wall all the time and see if they stick. I do this really well on Instagram, on my stories, but I think I've had a harder time like forcing myself to do it on TikTok as well, just because not only is it just a lot, like it's very overwhelming to like stay consistent on every single platform, you know this, but like, I just think like it's a different audience. And I think that a lot of times, especially what we were speaking to earlier, like when you first start in this creator space, like you may feel like, oh, like, am I like being stupid or dumb or judged or no one cares that I'm like sharing this stuff. But I think it's a long game. And you like I started vlogging, quote unquote, like vlogging on my stories because I treat my stories on Instagram like a vlog since the very beginning. And I think that I did feel like a sense of like doubt at first, like no one cares about this, like no one cares about this, but you're like planting seeds and you're getting comfortable with sharing your life to a point where you start to notice that people know you and know these things about you because you've shared and people gravitate towards like getting to know people and like getting invested in people's lives. And I think the same goes for TikTok. And I think we don't prop up our camera and just start talking enough it's hard yeah and like I do have like a little bit of strategy when it comes to it like I do try to film things with a hook that's going to grab people or in how I word things in my captions and things like that some of the best advice you've given me I call Jade sometimes for strategy help because I love strategizing content I feel like it's a strength of mine especially when it comes to community but you are way better at like wording and hooks and like captions and like I will never forget you told me like you need to start like not just authentically creating content like you're doing but like wording it in a way that makes people feel like they're you instead of watching you do something like can you expand on that now when I like go about filming content I um will just prop up the camera but I've thought about these ideas they've been they've been in my brain I've thought about them and so I try to word things in a way where people can envision themselves in the content um I don't say a lot of like I'm doing this you know it it, it'll be something witty about what I'm about to do like am I the only one that does this or you know or if you want to do this you should or I say we or let's and I feel like it engages people Um, so I try to, while trying to be authentic, I try to keep those little cues in mind to get people engaged and feel like they're coming along with me or they're getting ready with me or things like that. And if I'm talking in a video, I'll have whatever cue that is. And then in, on the title of the video, I'll have another one that's doesn't have the same words as what I spoke. I don't know if this is making sense, but no, it is. it's not the same words as how I spoke. So I would never say, get ready with me to do this. And then on the screen put, get ready with me to do this. I would have like another catchy hook. And yeah. then in the caption, I would have a third catchy hook as well. So it gives people three opportunities to connect with it. Yeah, because you're using like three different SEO heavy wording and you're having like three yeah. tries at it. Like three tries at hitting it. Mm -hmm. 100%. And like the SEO is great too, but if the audience can like relate to it three different times in like the first one second, like amazing. They're going to stay and watch it, which is great. So what I've noticed is like you used to be able to create content and just be like three outfits wearing a blazer. 
that's not working anymore because there's so many creators now there's there's so much more need for like engagement I think just getting people's Mm -hmm. attention that could be because of oversaturation of content whatever you want to blame it on that's just the reality how do you come up with these like like different catchy hooks and things is it something natural or do you like do research and see like what's trending and doing well on tiktok like is there anything like logistical that people who want to create content or you know make their content perform better are there any strategies that you do in that way yeah i mean i always keep in mind that i need to have a little bit of an edge compared to everyone who's going to film the exact same thing as I'm going to film. For the most part, going forward in all of my content, I think about what I want as just a consumer. Um, And it's hard to get yourself out of the mentality as a, a creator. I crave creators that I like to watch, that I don't feel like I'm being sold a bunch or have just like a personality. I, I love to follow that now. And so I think about what I want to see and I film that. I think about my creator that I would aspire to and I try to be that rather than just, oh, I'm me and I can do whatever I want, you know? Yeah. I like am really self-aware now of like whose content I'm subscribing to and why. I think when you're in this industry and we could definitely speak to this in this episode too, like you get so tired of being on your phone Mm -hmm. and like consuming content Mm -hmm. when you're creating so much content all the time. Like I'm not someone that like doom scrolls a lot for fun. I do it for like work. Like I'll like add in like a time during the week where I'm just going to scroll and find trends and stuff. And like the sounds that are, you know, just to stay relevant, but I definitely don't do it for fun. And when I stay on creators content, like I try to like kind of helicopter and be like, why am I watching this? Like I just watched a three minute video from like a beauty influencer or from like a random girl on TikTok. Like why did this get my attention? And then try to like replicate it in my own way. Like, oh, like she was talking about this and she hooked with this. Like maybe I should try that hook when I'm talking about promoting the podcast episode for the week. I I do that a lot. I actually do a lot of research on other people, research, yeah, stalking, whatever yeah, you want, doom scrolling. Love it. Um, but I I do try to be analytical. I I do try to see like what are the comments? Like why are there so many comments? Are people hating on it? Are do people hate it actually? And that's why they're she's getting a lot of views. Like was she just like so cute and her personality was so fun that like I would watch that over and over and over again. That is 100% the best way, I think, to somehow find a way to relate that to yourself and not necessarily replicate it, but take that information and be like, okay, how can I fit what I'm trying to do um, in something similar? No, totally. 100%. And I was just going to ask you about like how you react to your own hate comments, because I know there was a period where it was like bad for a second when you were posting a lot about like Botox and filler and like getting your lips done and whatever. And I think that creators and influencers are definitely put under a microscope. You have to have like really tough skin when it comes to hate comments. And I think for you, like this had to do with like a very touchy subject, which is like our physical appearance and like what you're choosing to do. Like, how do you handle that kind of hate? And like, if you could jump into like a little bit of that, cause I'm not prefacing what went on correctly. Yeah. So, you know, from the beginning of TikTok, people <laughs> have just loved 
to hate on my face, on my eyebrows, on my lips, on my cheeks, on everything. And, you know, I've had crazy thick eyebrows before. I had terrible lip filler and that lip filler made it look like I had a shit ton of cheek filler, which I never had. And so people just, they just came for me. And then I started posting more about it and I got my lips dissolved. I got them redone. I I talk about everything I do to my skin. I used to have acne. Like I just talked about it and people just love to say the craziest things to me. And at first it got to me just a little because it's about my looks. I needed to have a pep talk with myself and be like, grow up. Like you're posting stuff online, like chill out, you know, like you can't please everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. And honestly, if everyone's going to like you, that's not the type of creator I want to be anyways. You know, I want, I want my people to find me. And so that was like a switch that kind of happened over time, but also like in the wise words of Julia Fox, (laughs) it is so embarrassing it for you to comment a hate comment and just because you commented a hate comment I'm not gonna delete it I'm gonna let you have to deal with that embarrassment of being like publicly rude well you kind of used it to your advantage like I feel like you started getting partnerships like with Snatched Beverly Hills yes and then you started like because with all hate comments there's like double the amount of good comments usually obviously like getting your like filler and Botox and all these treatments is like a part of your ritual and routine. It's authentic to you. And I I feel like it gave you a space to incorporate it into your self brand. So I feel like it ended up working out. Listen, I grew like I'm from Idaho. I got lip filler the like day after I turned 18 and like (laughs) it was bad. And you know what? We're all so curious about it. So like Also, everyone and their mother does it, especially now in 2024. I swear, everyone. This is like kind of a controversial topic for some people because there's like this debate on like, is it good? Is it bad? Is it like, should we be getting work done? Like, what does it say about beauty standards? And I've always said like, I'm so, so incredibly happy with the work I have gotten done in 2023. I've talked about the filler and Botox that I've done the last year. And I think that my opinion has always been like, if it's going to make you feel confident and like, you know, that your self-worth isn't dependent on it, but it's going to make you confident and it's what you want to do, like do it. But I think as a creator, we do have a responsibility to like be authentic about these parts of our journey and like share this kind of stuff. 100%. I don't think it needs to be like, such a big deal anymore like I feel like people should just be like so casual about it because it really is so casual but it is a fine line like a lot of people are not confident and I feel like maybe in our you know see I wouldn't even speak for every creator I I was gonna say oh people who have to like figure out work for themselves and and you know, build confidence that builds confidence trying to like negotiate for yourself and all of that. But oh. not all creators are confident. It, it's really hard. It's a fine line because now I know I have quite a few girlfriends who are not secure and they get work done and it's because their self worth is fully dependent on it or they were doing a doom scroll and now they need to go schedule an appointment to go do something. And yeah. for me, I started doing that so young and I feel like sometimes my self 
self-worth was based off of that that when I started going to snatched it was like we okay let's take a step back yeah <laughs> let's let's realize it's simple you're just never gonna look like someone else no matter yeah. what you do I love that so let's enhance your beauty like let's really like make that shine through and I feel like I have had a huge glow up from doing less but you know going to someone who like knows what the fuck they are talking about yeah because people out there will snatch your money if they see that you're insecure and let you fill your lips with those five syringes in a year and Dude. it's crazy yeah I was just gonna say like one of the biggest things about getting work done I think that's important is like going to someone that you trust obviously and who's talented and like yeah. not you know gonna like you said fill like your lips with five syringes is that an example of what happened to you Oh, yeah. I mean, I started doing lip filler at 18 and then I didn't refill uh, or start over until I was like 24. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like going to someone who's going to look at you and be like, you're beautiful. I'm going to enhance what you want me to enhance. But like you have to trust me in it. Like someone that's going to say no. Someone who's going Mm -hmm. to like, like my girl, I had her on the podcast actually. And she like says no to me all the time because I feel like, especially when you're in this space and you take a lot of pictures of yourself all the time, you Mm -hmm. start to like notice things. And I think, especially as a woman, just in this day and age scrolling and like comparing it's natural, it happens. And I think to go to someone that's going to be like, look, you don't need to do this. And like, let me show you like what I can do. And I just think it's important to go to someone you trust. And I feel like also since this is our job, we're like constantly looking at fashion trends and beauty trends, unfortunately. Totally. No. And I think the perfect example that you can probably relate to is that I used to get bullied so hardcore for my eyebrows. Like when I was younger, they were so thick. And like, finally, when I like moved into college era of my life, all of a sudden- Everybody was obsessed with my eyebrows. And then now we're back where everyone's like taking off their eyebrows. And I can't even imagine doing that. Like, do you if you love it? But like, for me, I'm just like, you have to like, find yourself and your personal style Mm -hmm. and not let beauty trends sway your confidence to a point where you're compromising your appearance for others and not for yourself. 100% like micro trends are while they're fun will literally be like the death of our self-confidence I feel like because we're constantly trying to do what other people are doing and then it goes out and then we're like okay well what am I left with so if we bring it back to like creating and being a successful creator like that's what sets people apart these days. Like you have to be able to like say no to certain trends or like make trends your own. And if you're just trying to be everybody else, like I've been seeing so many videos lately on TikTok of like people talking about how we're all starting to look like clones. Like everyone's kind of getting the same stuff done and wearing the same things. And I think the beauty of the creator space and like influencer marketing in general is that like you get to be yourself. Like brands want to hire us because we're not models. How do you personally like stay grounded? I don't sometimes. Like that's the reality, especially this period right now after all the holidays, the weather. It's like, it's really hard to figure out what my style is right now. And to stay grounded, it's like checking myself. Like, did I just create that because I saw someone else do that? And do I need to take a step back and throw more of my personality into it? Or do I actually like that outfit? 
and just constantly asking myself those questions and like kind of trying to be like self-aware enough for it also just like get outside touch grass like go do some things because like when you're like spending all day online or like creating and like living for creating which isn't bad but like live some life I think that's like been a hard balance for me to find I think I've finally found it where like on the weekends I actually do try to take time away from my phone because I get like yeah so into creator mode because it it is hard like I think there's like a lot of like debate online like is the job of a creator hard like a real job nine to five is way harder like whatever it's not a competition but I will say the hard part about being a creator full-time and like showing up every single day nurturing a community and sharing your thoughts or whatever is that like you do burn out if you don't take time away from your phone we're not supposed to be on our phone 24 7 I don't think that's the way God intended for it and also like I think that to be creative you have to like live life and like you have to like be off your phone do you take time from your phone like do you ever feel guilty taking time from your phone or not showing up to your community I think I struggle with that a lot I remember going on a trip with my boyfriend to Costa Rica and it really phased me about like posting and posting times and all the things and I was like this is making the trip so terrible and since then I kind of was like I can't do that to myself so for me if I need to not post for a week and just I get to scroll a little bit get to see what my friends are doing post stories it'll always be there I know it's easy to be like FOMO or like I should be posting because these people are doing really well right now but like I just see it as like it's going to become clearer for me like my mind will be clear and I'll know what to post when I'm ready yeah and and the content will be better you can feel the energy through the screen when someone's like burnt out or like they're just trying to produce and post and they don't actually like like the content or it's not like that great of content. 100%. I've always said there's like, it's kind of like, if you believe in it, like money energy, it's like, if you're posting and the energy was just so forced or you hate it, or you're just throwing it up, like you're not going to get what you want out of it. So genuinely just post things that you love or you're excited about or you think could do well, you're testing something new, like just excitement all around not posting for a while isn't going to in the long run impact you if you're doing all the right things and treating what you're doing as a business and showing up authentically and giving yourself time to creatively recalibrate and Mm -hmm. it just it isn't that deep and I think I came to that realization that like taking time off Instagram or like taking the weekend off from like talking to the camera or like creating is not going to say anything about my work ethic or the quality of my content knowing who your followers are is like the biggest strategy ever and I don't know I hope the girls that are following me aren't constantly mindlessly scrolling all the time either and like I hope they're like going out and like living life and I hope when they see my posts they're like oh my gosh that that feels really fun or I love that outfit and like I don't know like I just I just I feel like I want to know my followers more and that's like the biggest strategy and that just helps me prevail through whatever it is. If you act like Instagram is your entire life and that it's like the number one thing like it starts to like seep above your relationships and your friendships and like this is a good segue into talking about like being with Nico and like showing him online yeah. and like you talked about this Costa Rica trip do you feel like 
sometimes Instagram can like affect your guys's relationship or like did it at any point did you have to like recalibrate that I think it did like affect our relationship at the beginning and I also think like I just was like on my phone a lot and uh, just obsessive with it a little bit too much but then Nico was the one that was like helping me he was like he still is but he was like Instagram boyfriend and I feel like that caused a lot of tension with us because like low-key I'm like out there screaming I'm like demanding you know to get the shot and so I feel like when it became like a little bit more of a well-oiled business or when we had those like bad experiences I was like okay we need to pivot here um and now it's been it's been really good but yeah I love his videos that he's been creating on the side of like his relationship tips and stuff and the stuff of you it's adorable I know and like what I think like a year and a half ago he like started posting like that and they just got so many views he kind of stopped because he's he's not like into social media like that and he just starts posting again and they like pop off it's so cute but to your point I think like in my past relationship it was definitely when things were like kicking into high gear like this started going like full time and I was able to like actually make a salary off of it I regret pulling him so much into it I think like there's a balance right like if you're dating someone and like in love with someone and they're your person like they need to like support what you're doing obviously and like should be able to help you out but I think there's a fine line when it comes to creation and like the image of like the Instagram boyfriend that can like be toxic at times and it's actually what led me into starting to tripod shoot and like now I feel completely empowered because like I would say I shoot myself like 85% of the time and like 20 the other like 20ish percent I'll have like friends do it but like I feel like it can get murky with like are you my boyfriend or are you my business partner props to you because I do not try tripod shoot like that but 100% like it there has been a time where it's felt like you're like too much an assistant like too much an employee this is like less relationship and I feel guilty about it but I also like need to get it done it's just a give and take I think just like yeah. you said like being aware I'm sure that you and Nico have it down yeah. to the point where it's like so quick but like yeah it's just hard you have to find a balance when did you start to like include him in your content honestly not until recently like maybe in the last year which is crazy we've been together almost seven years so like I knew him before I was ever posting online or anything like that before he did and I always was like well they want me and this is my job you do you don't need to be in it and then I think I just grew up a little bit, to be (laughs) honest. We genuinely have such a good relationship and like such a loving relationship. And I think like the content that we do make sometimes just flows and it shows more of my personality and like the biggest part of my life that isn't online as much. So I was like, this is just so natural. Like I want to start showing people this. Well, it's like authentic. And I think it like, yeah, it, it gets to a point where like you can kind of see through it now when like someone's trying to like make their relationship, their content. But I think it's also like you get to a point where you're like, you're a huge part of my life. And like, I share my entire life. I think what gets tricky and like what I've 
been like nervous about in the past is like, it's just so hard when you're in this job and like authenticity and showing up and sharing is such a huge part of your life. But then like you start dating and you're like, well, what if we break up? I don't want to like share this person and then have to like tell everyone that we broke up. And it kind of just comes down to like comfortability and like what feels right. For sure. And like I, and I feel like you know your community too, like it's for the girlies. Like it is for the girlies. (laughs) So like I'm not going to like waste your time with a ton of like aesthetic couple things. Like I'll throw in some cute things. Like, you know, if we break up, I probably won't say shit about it. Like it's for the girlies. (laughs) You're here to support me no matter what, right? That's my view. (laughs) I love it. I love you guys. I love seeing Nico's content before we end the episode. Like what is your day-to-day kind of like non-negotiables working out or Pilates or walk or something like that. And this is so crazy that I'm going to say these things over my work schedule, but it's like working out, getting movement in. I cook almost all my meals at home, um, reading. And those things are so important to me in order for me to like fit my work around it. Um, and then I have like, most likely Mondays are like planning, responding to emails, sending things off. Next day, I'm probably going to be shooting video content. Probably a Wednesday or Thursday, I want to take outfit photos. And I used to batch shoot a lot, but it's just so hard now. And I, it's hard because it's like soul crushing. It's not hard because like, why do you say it's soul crushing? Let's expand on this idea of batch shooting because I feel like a lot of people do it. I go through ebbs and flows of liking it and hating it and thinking it's soul crushing as well. It's just like, you're excited about an outfit and what you're about to do in your outfit or the photos you're going to take. And then once you start getting past like the third one, it just takes away like the funness. Like I feel like an outfit is fun because of where you're going with it too. And like if you're batch shooting, it's like you kind of lose that inspiration of where you're going. You have to really put effort and time into creating high quality content if you want to Mm -hmm. do well these days. I just like believe that. I think there's anomaly, but I just think like it does look better when you can tell that like it wasn't a huge batch shoot content day. But to kind of play devil's advocate against myself, I feel like there are some days like last week I batch shot like three or four outfits like back to back and just like drove around to different locations in my neighborhood. And I was feeling so inspired that like the content looked so cool and did so well. And I think it's just a matter of like energy. And like, I think a Mm -hmm. lot of the times like batch shooting, especially if this is like your full-time job and you have like, I mean, for me, like the podcast and like the emails and you're running your own shit and like, it just can get exhausting. And so if that's the energy, I'll always be like, I'm not going to shoot anymore. But if I'm feeling like inspired, I think you just have to run with that. 100%. Like don't do something creative when your cup is not full like don't do it It, that's what's soul crushing is like you're trying to do something creative but you don't even feel like filled up and happy about it and I know we're talking about silly little outfits but like creating anything in general a lot of times like I need to remind myself like I'm very business oriented like my brain is very entrepreneur and like I'm obviously a creative but I think that when I get too into business zone, you can like feel it in the content. Like it's not why my job exists. Like my job doesn't exist 
to like sell it like exists because of like my creativity and like my authenticity and all of that. And if I'm like ignoring those things and putting the logisticals and the business and whatever above it, then you can see through it. Therefore the business starts to suffer because partnerships aren't coming in. People aren't noticing me as much. And so I think there's like a healthy balance between like treat this as a business. Like you have to have a routine. You have to be more serious about the strategizing of your content. But at the same time, like it's an art form. Like this is a creative job and you can't like force like inspiration. Cause you can really feel that energy through the screen. At the end of the day, I was like creative as easy going as I am now at this point, like it's a business. I don't know if you ever watched the podcast, but um, JC Marie was talking on the skinny confidential and she was asking her like, why, like, how are you so good at this? And she just was like, I literally take videos all day, every day. And I'll look at it at the end of the day and I'll piece it together and something good will come. And I also feel like that is such a great way to start getting into TikTok, especially, or just like reels is like, just take a bunch of videos throughout your day, your work day. Even if you are on like a heavy work day, like take the videos, see what happens. Yeah. I love that that about you. I feel like you're so much chiller than me. And I'm like envious because you're just like so zen about what you do. And I know you work so hard and like shoot so much. So I'm not speaking to that, but just like, yeah, very like what happens happens and then it happens. And I think there's like an energy about being confident in what you're doing. And I think that this is where like the healthy Delulu energy comes in, like being delusionally confident. Like you just kind of have to be like, this is what I do. And I'm confident in what I do. And like, I'm not going to drive myself mad trying to figure it out when that kind of content isn't even going to perform well. Like the soft girl era trend. I really embody that for my life. (laughs) I really do. Because I feel like when you're like, so hustle about things, sometimes you push it away. Like you want it too much. You're working too hard. You're pushing it away. And taking a step back for whatever reason has only done good things for me. A hundred percent. I could agree with that too. I think like actually exercising rest and time and, and like days to just sit and like think about like where I want the community to go towards the end of the year. I started filming like get ready with me's and styling videos in my house, like in this certain spot that I had like never shot content. And it like, doesn't even make sense to me why I didn't do this. And I just found this like new style of content for my page that just started performing so well, started doing well, brands were requesting it. And I would have never figured it out if I didn't go through this like low engagement point where I had to kind of like sit and be like, what do I need to shift? Like something needs to change. I need something new. Honestly, you're going to have to pivot all the time. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. If I'm putting out content that I like and I'm excited about, it doesn't matter what the views and the engagement are because there's nothing else I could have done better. But also like assess that, you know, understand why things aren't doing well, maybe pivot something. And for me, it's most more mental health struggles are literally just scrolling and comparing success. Mm-hmm. The doom scrolling and comparing success has been what has been really hard for me. And straight up, it's just like taking a step back, going on walks, going and doing more experiences, like taking a class. Stop 
being so self-absorbed with it, yeah. you know? No, a hundred percent. I think that I have the same problem. Like the likes and all of that, like don't really affect me anymore just because I understand like, this is not how business works. Like you're not going to like put something out and every single time it pops off. Like that's not how nine to five jobs work. That's not how our job works either. Yeah. And I think because it's social media, people start to forget that. Like they're like, yeah. oh, the likes are low on this. But yesterday my post was this and the day before it was this. It's like, if that were the case, like everyone would be successful on Instagram and our job wouldn't exist. But I think you're yeah. right. Like the hardest part is like when you really care about what you do and you continuously want to push yourself to grow, just like anyone would want like a promotion in their job or like to move to the next level. Like I crave that as well. And I think the way I ground myself is knowing that like there's someone that like wants to be where I'm at right now. And like, you're telling me that like you're comparing your success. Like I want to be where you're at right now in like your community growth. Like we all just like want to get to the next level. And I think it's important just to like channel gratitude. You're never yeah. going to not want to get to the next step that's just like the human condition I think my success and I think a lot of people who aren't even in this job their success is like doing the work on themselves to be like a happy person to like develop a personality to try new things like live life like that is literally the only way that you can like give any sort of value to yeah. any job you no, know 100% and value to your life. Cause like the reality is that like, I think in this industry, things get so clouded because real life and our job intertwine so much that it can feel like the value you provide online or the success from partnerships is like the value you offer sure. in your quote unquote real life. And I think like they can contribute to one another. Like I get a lot of value and, you know, good feelings about myself from like the work I'm putting in for my job. It's a part of who I am. Like I'm proud of it, but I think yeah. it's murky when like you let it affect your mood in your real life or let it affect your relationships. There's been so many times where like I've been down and then I've come back up again. And I think once you like experience the wave and flow of yeah the way Instagram, TikTok, all of it works and the way partnerships work too, you just kind of get used to it. I was actually just talking about this with Nico the other day. These sort of experiences, as much as they suck, like these are the ones that build confidence. Like right now, Nico's looking for a new job. He's going on a ton of interviews. He's talking to a lot of people. It's like, I keep telling him, this is where you're going to build so much confidence in who you are. Well, and it's not like reality to think that like you're going to get it on the first try. I think that like social media clouds that realism. It's just unrealistic to believe that like everything's going to hit on the first try. And so to your point, like it does build confidence. It, it builds like intelligence as well. I feel like I know mm -hmm. the ins and outs of what I'm doing and like can explain it to someone now as well. Yeah. 100 I mean. You yeah. sum that up. Perfect. Will you please share some like holy grail, like skin, holy grail mm. baby brands? Your skin looks amazing. Just share. Thank you. We have had a very long journey with the skin. For me, unfortunately, it has been spending the money for like microneedling, yeah. Morpheus, all of those things. Um, so if I could convince you to do one thing, it would probably be like microneedling. Um or a laser some sort you're real for that I think you're like speaking to this idea that like like sometimes it does take money 
to like to save up and do this sorry babe sometimes a cream is not gonna help you like <laughs> I, and it wasn't gonna help me it wasn't gonna help me and a little bit of science from snatched like before you like decide to get a ton of like filler work done pay for some of these treatments they change your face they change your skin they build a lot of collagen they tighten they take away wrinkles i have done so many like skin health treatments that the like shape of my face is like fully different i have a better jawline my skin is so tight like i don't get botox that often at all and I don't feel like I need a ton of filler. So no, for sure. There's a lot to that because even when I first started seeing the girl who does my Botox and filler, I like was complaining about all these lines like on my face. And she was Mm -hmm. like, do you use a medical grade sunscreen? And I was like, I use the sunscreen. And she goes, no medical grade sunscreen. And I go, no. And she goes, okay. And she she put me onto color science, which isn't even that expensive, but it's medical grade. It's the best. I, that was another one I was going to say. Color Science Flex Screen, where it, like, turns into oh, the, your skin tone. Oh. It's amazing. It. it is, like, a holy grail product. I have the normal and the one that, like, goes to your skin, and I like both of them. And it oh transformed my face. I have so much sun damage on my face, like, so many wrinkles. Okay. Or not wrinkles. Um, I have so many freckles Spot. on my face okay, and like dark spots. And like, I just didn't take care of my skin when I was younger. They're so faded. I've gotten, yeah. I think I was using the color science one, like religiously every day for like four months. And people started asking oh me like what I was doing to my skin. And I was like, literally just sunscreen. So the SPF is a must for sure. We're not sponsored by color science. We just love it, but no, we wouldn't but- complain if they reached out after this I wouldn't complain no 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 (laughs) one thing about you that I love is like you're just extremely confident in a way that is not egotistical and not like I think I'm the shit but you're so incredibly confident you can see it in the way you talk and like your content like what advice would you give to someone who maybe wants to like create in this space or maybe just like wants to be more confident in general like how do you feel like you built your confidence to like show up authentically as yourself, like online and in person? I think that I am so confident because I know I have things that I am not confident about. And I think like not pretending um, that you like don't have those and, or immediately trying to fix those things is what builds confidence. I I've been at a point where I felt not confident and I I felt like, oh, I need to go book a Botox appointment or I need to go do this. And like those impulsive feelings are, or I need to buy something. Um, Those impulsive feelings are so shitty. And to recognize that even the most beautiful people in the world, whether like their personality is so beautiful or they themselves are just so beautiful, like everyone has an insecurity. So like get over it. Like, What are you going to do about it right now in this moment? In this moment, you have to feel insecure about it. And are you going to let that make you a shitty person to other people? Or are you going to kind of have to get over it and like be nice and happy with what you have to offer in this moment? Yeah, no, I think that's so powerful. I've never really heard anyone word it like that. And I think it's so true. A part of confidence is being able to admit when you're wrong or when you're not great at something or when you have an insecurity and not pretending like 
none of those things exist. And I, I love that. And I think it's what makes you relatable online. I think it's what has helped me build a community as well. It's interesting because a lot of people will say like social media is not real. Like social media is not real. And like, there's a lot of truth in that because even the most authentic people, I would say, I would consider you someone who's just super authentic online. I would say I'm very authentic online. I overshare. I have a podcast where I talk about trauma and people's stories and like the whole nine, but there's still pieces that are missing. And I think it's not so much that social media isn't real. I think it's just that it's not the full story. And like, I'm not going to like, I will talk about my insecurities and like whatever online, but even so like not that many people do that. And on top of that, I'm not like crying on camera. That's not like a cute look for me. So like anytime I'm like crying or upset or whatever, like I'm not going to just like, you're not seeing that. So I, I think there's a lot of truth in, in being able to acknowledge that like not everyone is showing everything, but also being able to acknowledge within yourself that like, I don't have it together and I'm not scared to not have it together. And I'm not embarrassed that I don't have it together. Cause that's what makes me human. I see it from other people. I feel, I'm sure you see it and feel it too, where it's like, you can tell when someone is so beautiful or so funny and so not confident mm-hmm. um, because they're like not willing to like acknowledge those things at all. And I think when you do a good job of acknowledging those things, it not only makes you confident, but it makes you like a really good person, someone easy to talk to, a good friend. I feel like when you tell someone what you do for work or whatever, a lot of people judge like, oh, Oh, you're egotistical or you're super narcissistic, like all about you. And I love what you said about like the way you go about content. Like I, I try not to make me the focus and just more so like I'm the image for the consumer that they can like put themselves in. And I think mm-hmm. showing up authentically and honestly is what makes our job not egotistical or narcissistic. That's the key. It's like the audience, they want it to feel like it's about them, but they want to feel like you're, they're learning from your their big sister, but they can envision themselves being their big sister. Talk on stories, create content, present yourself on social media the same way that you would like FaceTime your best friend. Like it's about yes. you, but like it's you're having this authentic connection with someone that makes it almost selfless. And yeah, it's like hitting that happy medium because it's the unimportant stuff that always does the best. Like I think yeah. the other day I was like talking about like how I really wanted dessert, but I didn't have any and I was trying to eat healthy, but I need something. And then I was like, I have cookie dough. And I was like, Oh guys, don't judge me, but I'm just going to eat a like slob of cookie dough and then have my healthy meal and like, leave it at that. I got like so many comments back being like, Oh my gosh, like we're in solidarity, like cookie dough queen, like whatever. And like, people just like to see like the human come out in those ways. And it has nothing to do with fashion. It really has nothing to do with like me or like what I stand for on a deep level. But it was just like an authentic human moment that I felt like I would have like talked to my best friend on FaceTime about. Literally, I think that is what builds a community. Like, yeah, the outfit videos might build your community. But like, who's the person behind the outfit videos? Like, do I vibe with them? You know, and like, people want to know if they vibe. Or are you posting about mushrooms with Nico in Mexico? So for those of you who don't know, I was in Mexico with Nico and it was our first night. We were at the Nobu. So we were having dinner at Nobu 
And I kept saying Nobu so much in this video, but I'm wearing this sparkly purple pantsuit, which like contributes to like the theme of magic mushrooms, to be quite honest. <laughs> and I did two front braids and then I put silver seashells at the ends of them, but it was so windy in Cabo, like so windy that it was blowing my hair out. And we went into Nobu Nika was not wearing proper attire. Apparently, you can't show your shoulders at Nobu in Cabo. And so he had to go back to the room, and I went into the bathroom, and I was, like, sick. I'm, like, fully – I'm fully tripping at this point. I remember I was, like, walking <laughs> up the stairs. I felt them move before I even walked in. So I have to fix my hair, obviously. And obviously. I, I set my phone up, and I just open with, guys – I'm streaming so motherfucking hard right now. And I have the <laughs> silver shell in my hand. My fingernails are super long. They're like tapping like this. And I'm so like trying funny. to do this braid. And like pupils are just huge. And I, it was a minute, no cuts of me just talking about it. It was crazy. It went crazy. How many views did it get? It, it was went like crazy. millions. I think it was like a few million. It's not like one of my best, but it was one of my best with how it connected with people. It was crazy. Just personality wise. Cause I think the coolest thing about like having stories and having TikTok is that like, obviously like you shot in that sparkly, I have the same suit, I think in the normal yeah. color from Slaw the Label or Slay the Label or yeah. whatever it's called. Like you got to see these like editorial shots of you in the outfit, like and then you get to provide this weird context that no one would have known that you were like tripping on mushrooms. Like, and it's just oh, a yeah. cool balance to like, you know, we obviously create fashion content and like we're selling clothes yeah. and the brand and trying to inspire people with style, but there's something about adding the personality through like stories or TikToks that just makes the community. As you said, like that's what builds and yeah. nurtures the community is people caring about the content enough to explore like what was the behind the scenes like what is she yeah. doing why is she in Mexico like the whole nine 100% I literally that's why I say like film everything film yeah. everything thank you so much Jade for coming on and just shooting the shit with me and giving advice and telling your story I always ask people as the last question before they leave like looking back on the journey you've had and like starting in Idaho, moving to LA, like getting yeah. into this world, like how do you see it? You know, I entered my quarter life crisis era. So actually it's quite hard for me to tell you what I see in the future, but I still see creating like a massive community. I want it always to be for the girls and looking back, I really wouldn't change a thing. I'm really happy for it. And it's just built my personality now. So are you 25 or 26? I just turned 25. Okay. My, my 26th year, this last year. So I'm turning 27 next month was my quarter life crisis for sure. Ooh. So okay. I think it's just around this time, like shit starts hitting the fan a little like mentally I'm moving out of my like crisis era and I feel really yeah. good and really strong and really empowered. A quarter life crisis era, like, it's like, I feel the quarter life crisis. I feel the frontal cortex develop, but I'm <laughs> like, what do we do with that now? You know? So right now it's a little unclear, but what is clear is that I really do want to just have this strong community. I want to have like a strong personality. I want my followers to have a strong personality. 
I love that. Thank you so much. Please, please, please share where people can find you to see your fashion content, your mushroom content, everything in between. <laughs> everything in between. Everything is at Jade's Wild Party. So that's where, you, where you'll find it all. I have so much love for you. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you rock. You're amazing. So love this. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys. <laughs>